Welcome to episode six of the End Time Podcast. Does God make a promise without reaffirming it? Let's go back into the Old Testament truths of the Bible to examine the God of covenants, the God of promises. To Adam, he gave a conditional covenant in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, where it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Then through Noah to all the earth in Genesis chapter 9, God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and, and the to Abraham unconditional. Genesis chapter 17 verse 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, in thy generation, for an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. And unto Isaac, Genesis chapter 17 verse 21. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the God next year. God established his covenant with Jacob. And in Exodus 2.24 says, God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. In Exodus 34.27, God established his covenant with Moses, and says, The Lord said unto Moses, Write thou this words, for after the tenor of this words, I have made a covenant with thee. And after and this, the Israel. Bible talks in the book of Hebrews about the new covenant under Jesus Christ. Hebrews 8, verse 6 to 7 says, But now hath he, Jesus, obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. Hebrews 12, 24 says, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things, than that of Abel. I want to talk a bit more about a covenant explain more on a covenant that God makes because God made a covenant before he made one with Abraham and after he made one with Adam. And it was with a man named Noah that he made this covenant to every living creature and he made it to every living flesh that God spake to Noah. And if you don't know who Noah is, Noah was the man who uh, God said, build an ark. I'm going to flood the earth, build an ark. And Noah living the age that he did it, it had never rained upon the earth. Everything was water from a dew that came up. And also he starts preaching, it's going to rain. I got to build an ark. God's going to flood the earth. All people had to do was get in the ark. Was to believe what was being said and get in the ark. But nobody did except for Noah, his wife, his three sons, their three wives. That's it. 
and a, and a bunch of animals that God had called significant. A whole lot of animals. A whole lot of animals. <laughs> Only eight souls were saved in that time. Amen. Only eight people obeyed the message of Noah Yeah. in that time. Yeah. And even after the earth dried off a little bit, enough for the ark to land, we find it in Genesis chapter 9, where God then came in verse 8 and said, I will establish my covenant with you, speaking to Noah, and with your seed after you, and with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl and of the cattle and of every beast of the earth with you, from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. So this is a covenant that God's making with every living, breathing thing. And he says, I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of the earth. Neither shall there be any more a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. So this, this covenant was never to end. And he said, the covenant was, I'll never flood the earth again. That's the promise. But now he says the token of that is in verse 13 where he says, I do set my bow in the cloud and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth and the bow shall be in the cloud, then I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all the earth. So here God makes another covenant where it's not based on what man can do. God makes an unconditional covenant, and the token of that covenant is the rainbow, which we still see to this day, that when we still see a rainbow after a rainfall, it's a reminder to God, I will never flood the earth again. I've already flooded it. I'm never going to do it again. That was the token for the promise. See, it lays out a precedent that God began to use for every covenant after that, that he didn't just make a promise, but he gave a token with the promise to say this proves that, that the truth to the promise, this proves the truth to the covenant, that because of this, it shows that what I said will happen, will happen. And I've given you a little something so that way you can have an assurity, an assurance that my covenant is true, that my word is yea and amen, that my word will never fail because I gave you a token to go with it to prove that it's true. And after Noah passed on, God, generations later, would search the earth for a man that would believe him. Because man, as we have already discussed, we have a lot of failures. And man, even in that day, they just gone through a great flood and still man began to fall away from God. They begin to build cities. They begin to become great men again. And God began to search the earth for one man and he found one man and that man was named Abraham. We mentioned that God made a covenant with Abraham. And Abraham at the time was living in an ancient city of Ur, simply called U-R, Ur. At the time that Abraham was called, he was actually named Abram. It was God that changed his name from Abram to Abraham, and they're one and the same person. But God, when he called him, he only told him to leave his home city, to go to a land that I will show you. And he made a couple other statements about, I will bless thee, 
But really, Abraham left all that he had based on about 22 seconds of conversation. And that was all that Abraham had to go off of was those 22 seconds of God's dialogue to him. And he left everything. See, God looked for a man that would believe him and he found someone that would believe his word, just that little bit of word. And he took that little bit, left everything to follow God. And God never spoke to him again until he got to the place where God showed him. Where finally, it's the story that's found in Genesis chapter 12. And God finally spoke to him and said, this is the place. I give this to you and to your seed. But all that journey where Abraham's just journeying and he's just following the leading that he feels led to go this way, that way, till finally God says, you made it. This is the place that I've showed you. Then if we jump forward from Genesis chapter 12 to Genesis chapter 17, God begins to make a covenant with Abraham. Where now it's not just my word, but God begins to make a promise where he's specifically laying out some things to Abraham. And in verse 3, when God comes to Abraham in Genesis 17, in verse 3 it records, And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be the father of many nations. Neither shall thy name be any more called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. See, this is where God begins to make his promise, which is called a covenant, and it also comes with a token. But notice nowhere in here does it say, I'll do all these things if you do this. It says, I'm going to do this. This is what's going to happen. And it says, if I jump down to verse 7, it says, and I will establish my covenant. I'm not just going to make a promise. I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And then in verse 10, it says, And this is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man-child among you shall be circumcised. So this now is the token that God is giving. He's saying, I'm not just giving you my covenant. I'm giving you a token that shows that you're different. You're not like everybody else. You're under a special promise. And the fact that I'm keeping my word with you, you're going to do something for me. You're just going to circumcise every man-child of your household. And you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, verse 11, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. That was a promise, and it was something now that I'll just say it this way. This token was private. This was between God and the individual, and it was everlasting. So, you know, speaking about token, you know, what is actually the meaning of token? I find the best way to explain a token is to talk about an amusement park to make it fun. Huh. Yes. <laughs> When you go to amusement park, okay, if I walk into amusement park and I just say, I want to ride that ride because my mom brought me here and she promised me I get to ride this ride. I got the promise that I can ride this. I can see other people riding it. I know I can ride it. But if you don't have the token to ride that ride, if you haven't paid for the token that says in most amusement parks nowadays, they got like a wristband that show that you've paid. You can go through the lineup. You can go in and you can ride the ride. But without that token showing that you can ride, you're not going to get on there. No one's going to let you on there. You never paid for it. And that's the token that it is, is, is showing that the promise is paid for and that the promise is sure. That not only do I have somebody's word that says I can do this, I've had a way made that I know I can do it. Oh, that's good. So in other words, it's the price being paid to make a way for you to actually go ahead. It's the evidence that the price has been paid. You think about now, how does that apply to me or to you? You know, you think about how, okay, we, we have a covenant. The price has been paid. It's sure. There's no arguing that 
God has said something that it will be done. And, and, and what has God said to, to the listener today, tonight, to, to this morning, whenever you'd be listening to this, he's saying that, you know, God is offering eternal life today's covenant. God is offering um, your salvation. God is offering uh, a change of your heart and a change of your life. He's making a covenant to you. And what it is, it's if you can accept it by faith and believe that this Bible is true, if you can believe that what God's word says is true and you accept it by faith, you begin to live out what he's laid out in the Bible, the covenant stands. And you can have your ups and your downs. You could have, a, you could have your mistakes, but it wouldn't have mattered anymore. All it mattered was that you've accepted the covenant by faith. And God now says, you've accepted it. You've entered into my covenant. Now I will perform what I've promised by the Bible. What the Bible says, I'll do it. You've entered into it with me. Yeah, that's exactly what happened with Abraham. God always keeps his word. He never fails. But Abraham did something to prove that he entered into the covenant with God, to prove that he was a part of this covenant. And it even goes on farther in in Genesis chapter 15, where God begins to make more promises to Abraham. And he makes a promise to him, and he talks to him about, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. This is almost a little bit strange because God said, Follow me. I'm going to show you a land that I will give to you. And a couple chapters later, he's telling them, Your seed are going to be a stranger in a land that's not theirs. In other words... They're going to leave this place. They're going to have to go somewhere else. And they're going to be a stranger there. And it says, And they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterwards they shall come out with a great substance. And in the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying unto thy seed, Have I given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. Now this, of course, is speaking of a time talking about the going down into Egypt. In Genesis, if you keep reading the book of Genesis, you'll find out that there became a famine and the Israelites, the the children of Abraham, uh, under his grandson Jacob, had to go down into Egypt in order to find food. And after a while, they became enslaved by the Egyptians. God, though, was in the business of freeing slaves by a mighty hand. God's always been in that business. And he remembered his covenant to Abraham. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7 says, And the Lord says, I've surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and they have heard, I've heard their cry for reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows, and I'm come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. In other words, he's saying, I remember the promise that I made. I remember my covenant, and I'm come to perform it. I never fail my promises. I never fail my word. And with this covenant that God made to deliver them, what was the token to reaffirm this promise? It was the blood. The token was the blood. Yeah, to affirm that promise that he was going to deliver them. And the deliverance, if you look at it, it was, you know, it was, you know, the state in Egypt, who was supposed to come to deliver them by the mighty hand that he talks about. You know, we know the name to him is Moses, and we're not going to go any further than that, but... Yeah, he comes to deliver them, brings, you know, all the promises and all the, shows the signs of all the Lord has given to him. And now comes the day of deliverance. And the night just before the deliverance, something happens or something has been told them that is going to happen. And what is going to happen is that an angel is going to pass by the land of Egypt and this angel's name is called death. And as this angel passes through the land, there's only one way that you're going to be saved. And that is under the blood. And those that are saved under the blood are the only people that are going to be able to leave the land to go to the promised place. 
out of the promised land that was given to them. So the token that's been given to them now is what? Is the blood. And the blood does what? It brings salvation from death. And what does it do? It takes them out of the land. And the blood that was used, amazingly, you think of it, what blood was it? It was the blood of a lamb. Not only was it the blood of the lamb, but they were specifically instructed to use something called hyssop, which is a common weed that grew everywhere around there. And it was a type. Remember, the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, is a shadow of the New Testament. It was a type of faith. The blood of that lamb had to be applied to their door by faith, just like today. Thank you for listening to episode 6. We hope you enjoyed it today. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to send us an email at etpodcast at etmtab.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at endtimepodcast. Have a wonderful day. God bless you.